0: Hey, everybody. Um, Welcome to the Redeemer Anglican Church Podcast, number three. Excited to be with you again. I am Brandon, your host. And today we have uh, Lyle Mullican, who has the coolest title in the church and the scariest. He is the Senior Warden of our vestry. So welcome, Lyle, to the show, first off. Thanks. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So can you tell us a little bit about what Senior Warden of vestry does?
1: Sure, um uh, maybe I should start with talking about what a vestry does, yeah, uh, there you go, so sure um in the the Anglican sort of polity uh the the way that uh, church leadership is organized, you know we have uh clergy who provide the the spiritual uh, direction for the church, um and then the vestry kind of comes alongside to provide um, sort of leadership in the more uh, practical logistical uh, side of things so we help manage the budget and uh, provide that kind of financial oversight and um, the vestry right now is composed of six people I believe and they rotate Um, so people serve for a term and then they rotate off and new people come on so uh, uh, it provides kind of a, a healthy um, balance in that way that uh, nobody's voice sort of dominates, but um, we have people um, rotating on and off uh, every year. And so then within the vestry, there are two wardens. There's a senior warden and a junior warden. They have uh, specific responsibilities as um, sort of relates to keeping minutes of our meetings and that sort of thing. But then also the the junior warden is called the people's warden uh, and so kind of has a special responsibility for um, bringing up in our meetings any needs from the parish that um, need to be um, brought to our attention and then the senior warden is called the rector's warden and so one of the jobs of the the vestry is to care for the needs of the rector and his family. So um, obviously we set salary and benefits and that sort of thing. Um, But also just make sure that they feel supported and and that their needs are taken care of. And so that's part of the senior warden's responsibility is to um, kind of Advocate for that part of our job and, and make sure that that's being done. So, um, it's not really a, a scary title, maybe it's cool, <laughs> I don't know, but um, that's, it scared, that's scared me a lot. <laughs> yeah, uh,
0: so it for those people that are coming from a non Anglican tradition, it's similar to like a session in the Presbyterian or Methodist church or elders' board in some churches. Uh, so it's it's basically a lay oversight board. Would you, would you, is that yeah, accurate? it, it really
1: is. is. It's, like a board of directors kind of. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's all lay people on the board. I'm assuming correct. that Gary's yep. on there to a degree, but it's, it's, uh, or leading it or whatever, but it's mostly lay people.
1: That's correct. It's, it's all lay people. Um, so Gary, uh, sort of chairs the meetings, um, and we definitely, uh, work together in partnership, but, um, the vestry itself is specifically composed of lay people.
0: How often do you guys meet?
1: Um, every two months normally, but if there's something in particular that we need to talk about in between, then we'll have special meetings.
0: Okay. Okay. And then there's probably a lot of stuff going on in between there with various jobs and whatnot, um, which leads us into talking about kind of what the the focus of this podcast today is about, that most people, or maybe some people don't know, that we have a food bank that's uh, connected to our church. So um, you want to talk just a little bit about, or give us a little introduction into the food bank, what it is, where it is, how it works?
1: Absolutely. So uh, it's called Ingrid's Food Pantry, um, and it's actually a, a separate organization. It used to operate out of the Presbyterian church next door to uh, our building. And the space that they had was not really working very well for them Uh, as very small. And so uh, through a mutual connection, the director of that pantry was introduced to Gary and he talked to leadership at Grace at the time about kind of creating a space for the pantry to operate out of Grace's building. And so we did that uh, several years ago now. And Redeemer has worked ever since then uh, with, closely with the pantry, along with um, one or two volunteers from Grace as well. So it's been a really uh, cool partnership, something that we all kind of contribute to together. And then there are some a few volunteers that work with the pantry who are not a part of Grace or Redeemer, um, but are just part of the community. And so it's very collaborative in that regard. And so I'm functioning a little bit as a, a liaison between Redeemer and the pantry organization, because I'm also on the board of the pantry. Uh-huh. Um, and so I have a, a foot in, in each one of them, but it operates out of uh, if people have been downstairs in our building where there's a fellowship hall uh, eating area. Um, There's a room just off of that large room where we keep all of the pantry supplies. And then uh, normally we operate every other Saturday um, distributing food. We have this month gone to every week because uh, with the pandemic, there's been so much additional need. Um, that we felt like we really needed to step up our schedule.
0: Can you talk? I mean, I think a lot of people probably assume that there's need, but can you talk a little bit about what you've seen? Um, I'm a data guy, but I, yeah, I don't know if you have any numbers on it. But what you've seen as far as increase in need?
1: I do. So we we do track our numbers. Most of our food normally comes to us from Mana, which is the regional food bank. Um, and so we track numbers because it's part of our reporting back to them. Um, this time of year, we would typically have on one of those Saturday mornings, about 15 or 20, um, households that would come through. We ask people who come to the pantry, how many people are in their household that the food is being provided for. So that's kind of the key number that we track is how many people we're feeding. And so that. 15 to 20 people on a typical Saturday would probably represent 40 or 50 people in a household. Uh, So by way of comparison, last Saturday, um, we're doing a drive-through model right now. Uh, We had 42 vehicles come through, and they represented 155 uh, household members, individuals that we were serving. So it's about triple.
0: Oh, wow. So on average, it was about 50 Mm-hmm. normal it was an average of about fifty people before this started. Right. Yep. Okay. All right. So, so it's, um, yeah. So
1: we've we've gone up uh, several several fold.
0: Wow. Okay. So obviously, there's a need now. One of the biggest challenges of this whole time is getting volunteers because people obviously are at home and worried and whatever. What? How is the volunteer situation for you guys?
1: Yeah, people have really stepped up um, and we've really appreciated the extra help. At first, when we moved to the, the drive through model, so normally on a Saturday, the way that we would work is we would give people sort of self service. Um, access, because when you give people a pre-packed box, you don't necessarily know if everything you're putting into it is what they really want and can use. So normally we try to give people the opportunity to pick things out for themselves so that we really know they're giving them uh, what it is that they need. Uh, We can't do that right now because we can't have people in our space. So we are pre-packing the boxes and handing them out. When we first started doing that, Um, really it was myself and one other person who were doing most of the work because we were wanting to avoid having a lot of people working in the pantry and really limit the number of volunteers. But when we decided to step up the schedule, we decided that needed to change. And so we did start bringing in volunteers again. And, So I put out a call for those and people have really responded to that. And so we have been having a lot of volunteers, but it is going to be an ongoing need. So we want people to continue signing up for that. And we um, put a, Sign up sheet out um, that comes out in our newsletter. There's a, a link to it where people can sign up to help. And there's two different ways that they can do that. People can sign up to help on Fridays, actually packing the boxes and getting them prepared for our Saturday distribution. And they can sign up to help on Saturday, where we actually give them out and uh, distribute them to people who come through.
0: So if people are listening to this podcast but are not seeing the sign up sheet, is there an online presence of where they can go to to sign up?
1: Um, so there is, the, the link is in our newsletter. I can tell you what it is if, if people can remember it, but, um, so bit, bitly, B-I-T dot L-Y slash Ingrid's 2020 will get you to the sign up sheet. Um,
0: the good thing about podcasts is Lyle, they can stop and go backwards. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so If they want it, they'll get it.
1: <laughs> yep. So, uh, that's how you get there, but, uh, it, it goes out in the newsletter just about, uh, every time. And of course, if people have questions about how it works, they're welcome to contact me. um, And I will definitely fill in the blanks and and get them signed up to help.
0: And how how best, what's the best way to contact you?
1: Uh, Email generally. So ldmullican at gmail.com is my address and people can reach me there.
0: Easy peasy then, I guess. So if if people want to volunteer or even just curious about what's going on, they can reach out to you or go to that url or come to the church or ask somebody um and someone will be basically you can get the information pretty easily is what i'm after here
1: right And, and the other thing that people can do right now too is donate food um so normally as i said we get most of our food from Mana, the regional food bank and when we ask for donations we usually just ask for monetary contributions because we can put those to use getting food in bulk through mana, and that's the most efficient sure. way to get it that's not as true right now though because mana has their own supply constraints and the demand everywhere is so much higher so we have been asking people to donate food directly as well and people have been doing that but that will also be an ongoing need for a while so we have uh, collection bins that we've been putting in a few locations. Um, there's one in Black Mountain uh, in front of the Atkinson's house. There's one in West Asheville on the porch of the Harris's house. And then there's one during uh, the daytime hours, at least, out on the at the side door of the church. So people can bring canned goods to any of those, any kind of shelf-stable items and uh, those are,
0: so like kind of canned goods, are really
1: appreciated too
0: what what kind of goods would they be i mean could they bring a like a big bag of flour or is that too unstable
1: uh those that kind of thing is fine the difficulty is that it's hard to spread really big items out and distribute yeah. them equally um, if people have that kind of thing to contribute that's great um we do try to give um bigger items and bigger boxes to bigger families uh, when they come through. So if it's an individual or a couple, then they might get a a smaller box. If it's somebody who's got six kids at home that they're feeding, we'll try to give them a bigger box. And so a bag of flour in one of those big boxes would be great. Um, The thing we're most in need of right now are actually canned vegetables. Um, So, you know, green beans, corn, peas, carrots, that kind of thing um, is really helpful. Um, and then the second category would probably be proteins. So things like peanut butter, tuna, um, any any kind of canned protein like that is really helpful.
0: So easy things are easily compartmentalized or broken up into a box, canned goods, things that are like small tuna packages or whatever are sort of ideal.
1: Exactly. Yep.
0: Okay. And if they wanted to know where the Harris's house were, the Atkins house, they could see that in the newsletter or call you or how would somebody find that?
1: Yep. So uh, I I can certainly give them the details. Uh, It'll be in the newsletter too. Um, And then of course we have our online directory as well.
0: Okay, perfect. And uh, one of the things that's really important um, as we are a church and we believe in praying for people. So prayers for this ministry um, are important and we want to, as a community, be praying for you, Lyle, and the people at at the pantry and manna. and the different places, that because this it is a national crisis. So to be praying for each other is vitally important. So I would encourage people to do that. Um, you know, give as much as you can, but also remember uh, the serv- the um, ministry in, in prayer.
1: Yes, we, we really appreciate that. And there are just a lot of people that are hurting and suffering right now. A lot of people out of work and um, struggling to make ends meet.
0: Yeah, so if you're in a if you're in a situation where you're blessed enough to have more, give more um, is kind of what we're asking for. So, um, you know, I know a lot of people went out and ran out and stored up and stocked up food, and I feel like the supply chains have pro- probably straightened themselves out. So people probably have extra stuff. So that'd probably be a good idea to bring it down and drop it off.
1: Yeah, we really appreciate any and all of those ways that people can contribute to what we're doing. It all means a lot and it's all very helpful.
0: Excellent. Well, I wanted to thank you for coming on Lyle and talking to us about the food pantry, something I wasn't even really that aware of. Uh, I want to encourage people to reach out if they need to. And thanks again for taking time to meet with us.
1: Sure thing. Thank you.